everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. Last Sunday, Pastor Lloyd Biddle finished up the second of two sermons on the essentials of being an effective disciple maker, and you all asked a lot of great questions after the service during our Ask Me Anything time. In this episode, Lloyd and Nicole, our music and worship arts director, are going to finish up those questions. As always, if you have any more questions from listening to this episode, email us at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Also, we'd love to have you join us for our future AMA times at highpointchurch.org slash live. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our AMA episode of this podcast. I've got Pastor Lloyd here with me. Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you. We are. Uh, we just finished our service on Sunday, the 24th of May, and we're recording this episode in our separate offices mm-hmm. <laughs> in the church. And um, we are both looking forward to some the day off tomorrow, some vacation time. Yes, yes. Nicole, I know nice. you, you've, been, you've been working hard getting us prepared <laughs> for online uh, services with the team and well-deserved vacation uh, for you and <laughs> I, I could use a break uh, myself, so I'm looking yes. forward to it. It's going to be so nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into answering these questions. We had quite a few today that okay. we didn't, that we weren't able to get to, and so just as a bit of a refresher for anyone who's listening to this later in the week, um, Lloyd finished preaching um, through verses 9 through 12 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For verses 1 through 12, um, he talked about the marks of an effective disciple maker. Mm-hmm. And for these past two, or for this past sermon, it was he was talking about being a model of holiness and being mm-hmm. a skillful coach. Mm-hmm. And so these questions are related to those um, those two parts, and then also in particular, when um, when Paul gets to verses nine through twelve, he talks specifically about being about um, encouragement, comforting, and urging. Uh, and so Lloyd preached about those, how they're connected, how they're a little different. So some of the questions have to do with those as well. So hopefully that context is helpful. And we can just dive right in. Um, the first, Lloyd, this is not a mm-hmm. question, but someone just left a comment and said, Lloyd, you are rocking the AMA answer time. Thank you for the encouragement. So. Well, thanks so much to the, for the person. I, could, I can always use a little encouragement. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So this next question says, can you expand on the principle of comforting? How is it different than how we normally think of comfort. And then the next question, I'm even going to include the next question too, Lloyd, because okay. it's, it seems almost like a, a, a sub question to that. Yeah. It says, can you talk about how providing comfort includes pointing out negative things like your example of the report? It seems that it seems that that is encouragement more than comforting. Yeah. You have to remember that uh, our English translation comes from ancient Greek text. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes the English translation, the words just don't quite get the full meaning of the original Greek text, right? Right. I I don't speak another uh, other languages, but sometimes uh, I understand when you translate from Spanish to English, you just, there's a nuance that you just don't pick up because of something in the original language. So that's what's going on here with the translation of comfort. There's no perfect 
English word that gets to this this concept. Now, the the base of the word for um, encouragement that's in that in that same verse and uh, the base of the word comfort are the same. The difference is an extension, mm-hmm. and the extension has to do with for action. So it's not just encouraged because I feel bad. It's encouraged so you can get up and do the thing that God has called you to do. And so, mm-hmm. and so it, it really just has to do with the Greek word um, as opposed to being a, a, a paraclete or an exhorter. There's a different distinction. And, and this one, this word, it means to, that to, to encourage, but to encourage so that they can get the job done. Mm-hmm. And so that, so that there, there's a distinction. So comfort might not be the best uh, translation for it yeah. in terms of English. And you said, if I'm understanding you correctly, yeah. you said that the the Greek word that's mm-hmm. used for comfort and encouragement, yeah, s- similar base, yeah, similar base. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about how they're unique from each other? Oh boy! So since I am not an expert in Greek, I wouldn't be the person to to okay, go there. Sure. But but we can talk maybe to Pastor Nick and see if yeah. he might be on a on a subsequent broadcast. If he yeah. wouldn't be able to parse those better than I'm able to parse them, sure. Um, but having having looked at the tools that are available to me, uh, the base of the words is the same, but there's a different suffix, and the difference in the suffix has to do with activity in this word that's used for comfort. That's translated comfort has to do so with not- or go ahead. It sounds like you're saying that the word that's used specifically, the one for comfort, is the yeah. one that has activity that's associated correct. with it. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. All right. So that's cool. the way to understand it. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, and then, all right, I think that we can um, move to the next question. Okay. That sounds good to you. Yep. All right. This question is um, about some of the different ways that you talked about being an effective disciple maker. And so yeah. this says, is the difference between being a shepherd, a role model, and a coach, is that just semantic? They seem like the same role. As a disciple maker, you wear these different hats. Yeah. And so as you look through the text, you see the comparison to a mother, the gentleness of a mother, the, the uh, detail orientation of, of, the, of the father, the, the encouragement. And so what I've tried to do is just distinguish the emphasis yeah. of the shepherding function as it relates to making a disciple. And uh, as I read through the text, you really do need to, to see that there's, there's a bunch of things going on here, that there's no, right. there isn't a one, oh, if I just learn this one skill, if I just learn how to preach with boldness, then I'll make disciples. No, no, after they come to faith requires a very specific set of shepherding re- tools in mm-hmm. order to, to nurture and develop what Christ has done in, him, in them. And so right. you, need to, you need to learn general shepherding. You need to learn to model holiness. And it's mm-hmm. not, I just, hey, why can't they just grow? I just teach them. I just taught them the perfect gospel. Yeah, but you're not quite living it out. So they, they can't learn the, the practical aspects from, a, yeah. from your life. And so all of those things, um, we need to put those on. Yeah. So that we can be most effective in discipling uh, other people. Um, I was 
While you were talking, Lloyd, I was thinking yeah. more about the Michael Jordan documentary. So we, yeah. Lloyd and I both have been watching this every Sunday. We're like debriefing it. Yes. We both love it. But I'm, I'm even thinking about it like, okay, for example, Michael Jordan may be a great role model of a player. Right. He may be, he may be the person you want to model your, your style after, like Kobe did. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he's a good coach. Th- there are sure. lots of players who did not make good coaches. Oh, now, some of them did, right? Like Steve Kerr. We were just talking about him about like 20 right. minutes ago. Made a great coach. But Jordan, was he was a great person to model your, model your game after. Yes. But he, that doesn't mean he was coaching you in, in how to play. Yeah. Similarly, like Dennis Rodman was this crazy, like – unruly person that they had on their team yes and phil jackson needed to know how to shepherd him yeah so that he could work effectively in their team and in this organization and structure that's different than like coaching the whole team and that's different than jordan being a role model and i so i think that you know, to keep bringing the things back to these sports analogies. But I find it helpful that they're, they are, it isn't just semantic. They each have their own emphasis mm-hmm. doing something a bit different. That's true. And the, the nuances of the Christian life, I think about uh, Titus and First Timothy's instruction on what is required of an, an elder deacon is, uh, you know, hospitality, uh, self-control, uh, if you're married, uh, uh, being a, a faithfulness, uh, raising mm-hmm. your children and God. And so um, there, there are a lot of components to being a, a holistically healthy person and therefore a holistically healthy Christian. And, mm-hmm. and, and the challenge of godliness is that God expects a, a lot of us, but He's given mm-hmm. us everything we need in order yeah. to accomplish it in Jesus. So he does yes. expect us to, to be complete and whole individuals Yeah. because he's a God of abundant life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I like being able to talk sports with you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was so funny. Uh, Charles Barkley used to say, you know, I don't want to be a role model. Don't don't consider me a role. I'm a basketball player. Don't be, don't don't have your kids modeling their life after me. Well, yeah. as a Christian, we can't say that. Uh-uh. Uh, God is not letting us off. No. With that kind of uh, excuse. He's saying, "No, in all that you do, we are to represent him well." Yeah. Uh, to the best of our ability, and that ability should be growing as we grow in Christ. Yeah. We are role models, whether we like it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's talk a bit more about the purpose of discipling. Yeah. This, this question here is talking about what this, what discipleship does. So it says, how is the purpose of discipling? How is it both for the hope of a future kingdom as well as for life in the kingdom today? Very good. So we, we Christians, we understand that we are living our eternal life right now. That once we came to Christ, we became a new creation. And so we are looking forward to receiving a new body, right? In eternity when Christ returns. But for right now, the sanctification has started, that, that change and in, in the growth in us has begun. And so, and so holiness improves our life now 
in terms of it, it, it affects every aspect of our being, our souls, our minds, our physical health is impacted by holiness, by w- what God commands us to live in this, in this world through his power. These things are intended to bring us flourishing across our, our lives. So that's the benefit now is that holiness has a practical benefit. If you're a college mm-hmm. student and you live according to God's plans and purposes, you can save yourself a lot of pain, yeah. mental, emotional pain by, by living righteously now, right? As opposed to perhaps getting an addiction from not living righteous, that you can't shake your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. That's an example of this kind. So holiness has that, has temporal benefits. And then of right. course, when we are perfected, we will see Christ face to face and we will experience life as it was intended, full of love and peace and joy. And, and what God intended was that we would see him face to face and be with him in an intimacy that none of us human beings have ever experienced yet. Mm. And so we're looking forward to that, that, that complete fulfillment mm-hmm. of our hope when we live with Christ face to face, but yet we have a blessing today of the benefits of a holy life. Not only me personally, but those around me. If you have godly parents and they nurture you well, right? What a great Mm -hmm. blessing to the children as Mm -hmm. opposed to having parents that are mean, vicious, uh, not around, et cetera, right? So godliness blesses your, your family life. Mm-hmm. And I could go, I could give tons of examples. You could go on. You could go on. Yeah, yeah. I think too, as you were talking, it reminded me of when Jesus teaches us to pray, and He says yes. that we should pray for God's will to be done, yes. on, for His kingdom to yes. come, and yes. His will to be done here on earth, just as it is and will be in heaven. Perfect. And I think yeah. that in discipleship, when we're discipling others and when we're being discipled, we are growing in our God-like character and our Christ-like yeah. character, and yeah. we are we are be- we are growing and having the mind of Christ. We have it. We're learning more about what that means. Yes. And it informs the decisions we make. It informs how we live our lives. And we get to see more glimpses of the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why it's so important that we that we take it seriously, the, mm. the, the call to be holy. When you read texts like this and you really study it, when you really study Paul's charge to mature and just soberly reflect in it, 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 it has a way of uh, making you realize how important this is to God's heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the next question. Yep. Oh, here we go. More on about sports. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Some folks might be more familiar with mentoring in sports or professionally. Yeah. How does spiritual mentor- mentoring look different, especially when it comes to young people who may be more worried about career advice than spiritual advice? Mm. Now, you know that your 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 worship, your whole life of service is is your ministry to God. And so what you do in school and in the workplace and at home is just as important as the fact that you serve in the children's ministry or that you preach or teach, right? So so our our lives are a life of uh, of worship to God. So we have to we have to keep that in mind that God does care about mm-hmm. your internship, 
your your grad studies. And so that when you're sitting with a mentor and they're trying to help you be more effective student or better on your job, that is also important, just like trying to understand the difference between uh, holiness and sanctification and righteousness and, and so forth. All of those things are equally spiritual in God's eyes. He cares about the uh, the normal day to day. Nick talks about holiness mm-hmm. and the, what is it ordinary r- routines of yeah. life. Something yeah. I forget the phrase he uses, but that's the the issue is that that our whole lives are lives of worship uh, to, right. to God. So he cares about what we consider to be mundane or not important, like uh, us uh, our sports participation. Whether there's too much of that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as a parent, I had to really learn because I have this great love for sports. I had to learn in raising my boys not to push my extreme on them, to let them right. kind of, hey, this was just fun, dad. Chill out, dad. Right. <laughs> so, so I had I had to it took me I had to learn to yeah. chill out that this yeah. is just exercise. Right. That that the, the the full exercise benefits some, right? But godliness has promise for the life that now is, and that and the one that is to come. I'm I'm I'm, I'm quoting from from Timothy. I forget where in Timothy, but anyway, so it, it does matter. Your hobbies matter. Sports matter. Um, but so you should get you can you can have effective mentoring, both professionally and things mm-hmm. that are particularly um, geared towards your understanding of right. scripture like theology. Well, I think too, something that I think is worth discussing a bit in this is that our spirituality is not meant to be confined to Mm, just our Sunday morning or our um, devotions when we have those during the week. Our, our, um, Our lives are integrated in such a, and our spirits are integrated in such a way that we can't only experience spiritual advice from our mentors Mm. and we can't only experience career advice from someone in our career i mean we could if we wanted to we could compartmentalize those pieces of our lives but our our spirituality and our and our christian faith Mm -hmm. should be informing the way that we do our jobs and the sorts of endeavors we're going to say yes to and to say no to and the type of work ethic we're going to have and the way we're going to treat our coworkers and our employees, et cetera. And I mean, you can go on and on. And so I think, I think that the person who wrote this question probably is saying, you know, it's, we, if we're younger, we shouldn't just be looking for career advice. We also need spiritual advice. And yes. I think that they're absolutely right. But I think that you are also right to say it also shouldn't just be, no, I don't want to talk about your career or I don't want to talk about school or I don't, right. because all of those things are impacted by our spirituality. Yes, because some of our, our uh, sin, that which would be offensive to God, could be taking place in, at our work or in our, mm-hmm. our, our hobbies and so forth. So yeah, for exactly. sure, that's on the table. For sure, yeah. that's on the table. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we've got one one more question okay. here to get through. Mm-hmm. This person writes, I'm wondering what practical advice you have when you're explaining or mm. when you are experiencing fearfulness regarding being a spirit, spiritual parent to others since you don't have the smarts, skills, or experience. Do I timidly jump into mentoring when applying for a position in a mentoring role? How should I express this honestly? 
I want to encourage you to read uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, both the first and the second letter. Hmm. Uh, Timothy was dealing with fear. Um, he was a young uh, Christian who uh, spent time uh, with Paul on the mission field, but, and yet then was appointed to pastor in a specific lo location. I think it was Ephesus, but don't quote me. Was appointed to pastor at a specific church. And... Um, and he had these fears. So Paul would write to intimidate him. He said, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He went on then to tell him not to be, not to let other people look down upon him, but to by example of his life and uh, the soberness of his preaching to be able to encourage and admonish the saints. And so the, the thing I guess I would say to you is, Trust God, move past the fear, and watch him do the work in you as you move past the fear. Um, the only way for you to get past the fear is not for you to get a PhD in theology before you begin, <laughs> before you right. begin to mentor. It's really to take that first person and go through the difficulty of not knowing everything and reaching out to others for help, but then also being able to realize that God has, has given you knowledge and experience. You, you're uniquely equipped to be able to minister to others. He's mm -hmm. done that through the spirit. So we have to trust God and not our fear. Mm -hmm. Our fear is wrong. Uh, the scripture says the fear of, of man is, is, is sin, right? So, and I'm a person now, to be honest with you, I have to work through this. This is not, mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, you know, this is the pastor. He doesn't have to deal with you. No. Mm -hmm. Most every time I come, especially to this public preaching ministry, I bet Nicole could talk about this for music ministry. Mm -hmm. Every time I come, I have to really be like, God, I've only... I have this. I have understanding. It's not, it's not 100% the way I would like it. So, God, you're going to have to supply the extra. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to study. And I'm going to, but I'm going to show up and do what I know you call to do and depend upon you to bless the people through the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, every time when I break through the fear, and just okay. do it. I'm glad I did. I'm always gladder that I did it. Even if I didn't like my performance, I got my hands up. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. if I didn't like, I'm glad that I actually did what God called me to do. Had enough courage to do it. Be because um, our labor is 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 hard, and it, it, mm -hmm. it requires um, confidence. But it mostly requires uh, confidence in Him, in faith in His what He's done in us. And grace, man, God's mm. grace. Some of us, Nicole, we don't, um, we got to extend ourselves more grace. Do our best. Yeah. And whatever, if it doesn't meet your own expectations of what perfection is, uh, 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 ask God, pray to God and say, God, were, were you pleased with, with this? Let him be the the standard bearer, the arbiter. Right. And don't don't count yourself out before 
you you start. Man, I I, I hate fear. I hate fear, but I deal with it. I deal with it, Nicole. Yeah. But it's such. It can be such a a barrier to being what God called you to do. I say, trust God. Step out in day to day more and more. I think that's good. When I was a, a student involved in a campus ministry, we would talk a lot about, we would do a lot of uh, evangelism, sharing yeah. the gospel with other people on campus. And there was a ton of fear involved in that. It's yeah. it's very terrifying to approach someone and, and talk to them about about the gospel. <laughs> cold, and, right? Cold that you don't even know. Right? Cold, that you don't know. Right. Yeah. And uh, one thing that consistently was ingrained into us as students was that we would say, all right, what is successful evangelism? Mm. We would ask like ask that question. What does it mean to be successful? Because in a for a lot of us, like well, for the person to become a Christian, like mm. that's the goal. Mm. And what we had to be reminded, we taught and then reminded of over and over again is that we cannot control whether or not that person comes to faith. That's mm. out of our control. That's right. All, and so what we would say is successful evangelism is taking a step of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Mm. And I have in my life come to apply that to so many things that are not in my control. And yet I have a responsibility to, or a conviction towards, and I would include this in that as well in mentoring. I mean, when I go to mentoring um, appointments, I don't always know what's going to happen in those times because Mm. I mean, sometimes I've got something prepared. Other times I don't. <laughs> Other yeah. times the the girl I'm meeting with comes and she's got this, you know, this big bomb that she's dropping. And I, I, I didn't have time to prepare for that. And so yeah. what I can do, though, is I can pray in those moments for the Holy Spirit to fill me, yeah. trusting and knowing that he will. Yes. And then I can take steps of faith and try to be obedient in that moment. But I'm going to leave the results to God, knowing yeah. that. He's there is a spiritual work that is his to do, not yes. mine to do. Yes. And um and I have found that to be really, really comforting and encouraging. Now I I think I mean the, the books that you mentioned, for example, today when someone asked what mm-hmm. books are you reading, they were mm-hmm. both about your personal development and growth. Yes. I don't think of all people, you would never be one to say you don't need to take responsibility. You, I mean, you even said that now, like do the work, train, read, study, prepare. Um, But I, but I think that it's this balance of we do the work we can and then we, and then we take these steps of faith. And I, I do also just want to say specifically as it relates to mentoring Mm -hmm. both in, in our church for both men and women, we do have, um, training for people who want to grow as mentors and uh yeah for that reason that some of us need that we do need to grow we do need to do some work um learn some skills have some tools in your tool belt um but that that's not always going to be the thing that uh that puts out the fear that we experience yeah I, i think of it nicole um we have several men on staff that have been working on their seminary degrees. But mm-hmm. you know what? They've been pastoring. They've been a full-time uh, you know, youth pastor or the children while they're getting more training and development, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're doing they're doing good work. And so yeah. that's how so think of it that way. That yeah, that while good. you're studying to grow, you're yeah. still serving God with what you, with what you have by faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good, Nicole, what you said. Yeah. That's very good. 
All right. Well, that's the end of it, Lloyd. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to do this. I'm not yeah. sure when you're preaching next, but if we're still doing AMA, it'll be fun to do more of those with you. I'll look forward to it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.